When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to the show. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, part of the Evergreen Podcast System. Uh, Tony, we're talking a little bit off air about Sid and uh, the band. Uh, and tell us the name of the the band again. I don't know how you can forget it. It's called Slipknot. Slipknot, yeah. Yes. Yeah. They wear the absolutely ridiculous, ridiculous masks, uh, masks yeah. and costumes. It's cool. I, I remember I was riding up the elevator at the downtown Holiday Inn here in Des Moines, mm-hmm. and they were riding down. I said, so you guys look pretty tight. And they, I said, uh, what do you guys do? And they said, well, we have a band called Slipknot. And I said, so is that like a thing? <laughs> and I don't remember how long. I think I was still at KJJY at the time. But um, I just remember how excited they were because it was that day that they dropped their first album. Dude, they're full-blown rock stars. Yeah. And Jim Root. Around the world. Jim Root. It was in a band called Dead Front before that one, and he was the lead guitar singer, whatever guy. And we had Deville, and we were doing. Uh, we had Deville wear. Yeah, so we had the clothing thing, and we had it. We had this thing called Budapest out at Clearwater Beach, <laughs> and so they were set up, and I had I had a one twenty five sitting up there, and all cool graphics and stuff. This is back in the nineties, and Jim Root comes up, and and I have no idea who he is or his band, and he says, "Anybody know how to ride that thing?" I said, yeah, I'm your Huckleberry, you know, I can ride this thing. And he said, all right, so we're the main act. We want you to jump off the stage oh and that'll be our opening deal. Do And I'm like, sweet. Did a big burnout. But then it's dark and you can't see anything. So it was like. A- did you land on anyone? No, I landed in the sand and, and just landed wide open and, and, and took off and did a wheelie. And, and then as soon as I landed, it was full mosh pit and it was super cool. And then I didn't see Jim again for several years. He wanted to come out. He got invited by a friend who got invited by a friend to come out and ride the track when I first built it in Winterset. And uh, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. He's like, hey, he's this musician guy. And and then we get to talking. And I'm like, holy cow, I know you. And, I jumped and, off your stage. Yeah. And then we became buddies. It was pretty neat. <laughs> so then, he, And he was like really impressed because I had a charge account at Bread Dough Pizza. So <laughs> I'm sorry, but what? What? It takes so little with some people. And I live basically lived in the sign up shed because I was so poor and I had to have this I had to have the 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 charge account until I had the next race so I could pay it. I'm not I wish I was joking. It's the truth. Oh, that's the, the way so of then, the world sometimes. So then they have Stone Sour. Their very first concert was at the House of Bricks. We Jim and I were riding earlier that morning and he invited me. He said, You gotta come to this deal. And I said, okay. He put me on this list, and I got there, and I'm, and I'm. It was a big deal, but I had no idea. It was. You had no idea how big it was. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Isn't that cool. All right. Um. By the way, I did um, uh, drop off a friend of yours to uh, GT. Oh yeah. Yeah, a guy. I, I can't say his name on air, but um, I don't even know if I can remember it. But uh, <laughs> the fact, the fact is, he said you're friends with Tony, right? 
I said, yeah. He says, you like a system on that radio show, Pit Pass. I said, I do. <laughs> so that's the second person in the whole wide world that's ever said that, your father being the other. Yep. But uh, anyway, welcome back. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. This portion of our show brought to you by our friends at Hicklin Power Sports. Hicklin Power Sports. Look for them online, Hicklin powersports.com all right our guest is currently second place in the moto america stock 1000 standings with wow with one win for the season and he has a bird in the background apparently uh two second place finishes and four third place finishes has held a number of track records at new jersey motorsports park palm beach international raceway daytona international speedway and summer point motorsports park stefano mesa joins us what's up man how are you Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to have you on. I don't think we've ever had you on before. No, I think this is the first first time, I believe. So, outstanding season in the Stock 1000 class. Talk to us about how things came together for you to run the, the full Moto America season, and, and are you meeting your expectations so far, In the, or did you meet your expectations in the 20, 2019 season? Yeah, you know what? Uh, it was a good season for us. Um, so we kind of came came along the Moto America rounds uh, last year. I was following Moto America with the Wira with the Wira class. They they were they were having this like um, triple crown. Yes, exactly, triple crown. So I was following them around with the triple crown. Then um, our expectations was that was pretty much just go out and try and go faster than the super stock guys. And um, I was obviously on a different brand of tires uh, because I was being helped and I am still helped by Pirelli. So that's why we were doing the triple crown that year and not the Motor America stuff. So this year, um, well, actually last year we saw that lap times were pretty compa- uh, competitive in the class. So this year we pretty much just, Decided to go and do a couple rounds, do a, do a big effort and, and put everything together to do a couple rounds. And uh, we showed up to the first three rounds and we landed on the podium uh, every round. And uh, after Road America, when I had my first win and my only win of the year, uh, I ended up leading the championship. So. When Moto America went over to the other coast, we were kind of in, we kind of got dragged into it, you know, kind of doing the whole series. It wasn't really in our plans, but um, the um, the finishes showed, showed something. So we kind of had to attempt to see if something would come out of it, you know? Well, it's been, uh, you've been successful. And although Andrew Lee has already wrapped up the, the, stock 1000 title you're sitting second in points 44 points ahead of third place michael gilbert and this weekend's coming up it's barber it's a double header for the stock 1000 class which means you may have a fight in your hands for second overall how do you like barber what's the plan to bring home the to bring home second place in that in that championship so yeah uh, barber is a very nice facility uh they just repaved it so i think it's going to be new for all of us, if not most of us, you know, new is just like we're, the surface is going to be new. I think we all been to the track before and we all know where to go. But uh, I think it's going to be a good weekend. It's going to be a fast weekend as always. 
Uh, the class this year has been stacked with talent, and we have very fast guys in the class. So uh, I'm excited for the weekend. And now that we kind of wrapped up second, I kind of got to finish one race, and then we can do whatever we have to do in the other race, you know. So hopefully we can we can get everything together and have a good weekend. Stefano, you've been racing a long time. You started on mini bikes way back. Uh, gosh, I mean, you you were racing as early as 2007, right? So, yeah, I actually lived in Colombia back in 2007, but I was already racing. Uh, I have done a lot of motocross when I was growing up, and I actually raced four-wheelers and supermoto and four-wheelers back in Colombia. And then when we came to the United States to live, I did a little bit of Minimoto, and we did the USGPRU that we raced with. Um, we we raced with all the kids that are fast nowadays, like Jake Lewis, Gerloff, all all the kids like nowadays that are fast. We all grew up racing more walkies and little bikes, so that's kind of like where we came, where I came from. And you've had a, a great uh, career, and it's clearly still on the up, so congratulations to you. Um, you've been racing with Wera a fair bit this year. I'm looking at results out there and doing very well. Are you uh, are you planning to do the GNF uh, at the end of the year? I know you've done it in years past. So, yeah, pretty much what I do, I try and uh, race with the money I make from racing, you know, so I kind of and chase wherever the money's at. So I will be at the GNF and Daytona's coming up for the race of champions. So I'll be there for CCS too. And uh, I think that will be for the year, you know? I think we have like three more weekends of racing. And are you, have you started looking to next year? Gr granted, you have some, some unfinished business with this season as yet, but have you started looking at what next season's going to look like for you, or is that still to be determined? You know what? It's always to be determined. Uh, you never know if an opportunity comes around and maybe you can snatch it, you know, but at the moment it's pretty much uh, how the boat floats and we'll, we'll just go based on results and however we can do it. And, I mean, I'll probably still be racing, that's for sure. And uh, I'm not sure if I'll do the whole Moto America series, but I'm sure I'll do the events that are close to me. So I guess the answer to your question is we'll see We'll see what goes going on, you know? Absolutely. Spoken like a, like a professional racer looking for a job. Results gotta be there to go racing. That's exactly right. And Stefano, you've been you've had plenty of speed uh, uh, it, it's throughout your career. You've you've had a lot of speed, and and you continue to move the ball forward. Uh, are you are you training with anybody in particular? It sounds like you're racing, and maybe your uh, racing is your training. So yeah, I mean, there, there's no really no training that I do. Uh, I have a full time job, and that takes a lot of my time when I'm when I'm not racing. So, uh, when I'm not there, I do try to spend as much, as much time on a bike. It doesn't matter what kind of bike it is. For me, I think any kind of bike is going to make you better on a bike. Right. So, um, I do a lot of, uh, club racing, as you have mentioned, and 
I do, I started doing a little bit of dirt track on a little 100, try and get in shape a little bit. And to be honest, I just try and ride a bike as much as I can. That's pretty much my training. Well, it's, it apparently works. You've got a lot of success. And I know in CCS, we're a ASRA. Um, you know, you've, you've, uh, and now Moto America, you know, um, it's, uh, it's interesting to see where your, your career will take you. Uh, you've got some races scheduled after the Moto America season is over, right? Or, or what are you thinking? So, yeah, correct. After the Moto America season is over this weekend, uh, we have Daytona, that is race of champions. And then we have the GNF and that will be the end of the season, I think. And it's going to be a good end of the season at that. Uh, Stefano, we're, uh, we, we can't wait to see what comes up for you next. I really would like to see you carry on in the Moto America paddock. Um, I don't think, uh, is it, is it premature to, to talk Superbike or, or do you think, uh, maybe you come back next year and take the stock 1000 title? You know what? The Superbike, the Superbike topic is always kind of iffy. Um, to do it as a privateer is extremely hard and, us racers, we do we go racing to try and win. You know, we don't want to finish second, third, or fourth, and fifth. We want to go try and win, and I think that's why we go out to the races to try and win. So, if I'm not in an equipment that I can attempt to win, uh, I don't think that'll be an option for me. You know. Understood, and it's a, it's a harsh reality that. Uh racers all over the world have to come to grips with if i can't have the right ride do i really want to be there or do i you know it's a tough question to answer stefano we want to give you a chance before you're gone to thank any sponsors who've helped you out along the way do you want to give us a name off those guys well for sure for sure my mom and dad uh they they've been a huge support to my my whole career uh man suspension which has been with me for all my career, pretty much, he's been my chassis guy. So my hats off to him for always, always giving me good products. Um, the guys that keep me safe, for sure: Showy helmets, One X leathers, boots. Uh, all the guys that help me get the bike ready, like Graves, Graves Motorsports, KTEC, Orient Express, SBS Brakes. Uh, and I'm sure I'm forgetting a bunch of them, but. <laughs> Everybody knows that everybody's very appreciated in the program, for sure. Wow. Wise beyond his years, Stefano Mesa has been our guest on uh, this portion of Pit Pass Radio. Thanks, Stefano. Thank you, guys. There we go. Off to the pits he goes. We'll come back after the short timeout. You're listening to America's Motor Racing Talk Show. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hi. This is- Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean really know, know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting 
the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag.